This episode is brought to you by the fine folks at NordVPN. Take advantage of a special holiday season deal for LazerTime listeners only. Go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime and use the code lasertime to get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan, plus a bonus gift. And welcome to episode 451 of Vigian Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the David Reinhardt Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Uh, Goaty boy, Chris Antista. <laughs> and <laughs> Returnal champion, Matthew Allen. Can't wait to talk Returnal on this show. Oh, yeah, man. man. You will be so disappointed. Uh, <laughs> and you, you talk, guys are... Uh, not the only Can't we ones? talk about my favorite Apex Legends patch? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you guys are not the only ones to join us. We will have a rotating roster of hosts because this is our Game of the Year show for 2021. Ooh, it's like Part a regular one. cavalcade of a celebrity yes. guest hosts. Yes. yes. Part one, because if Dune can do it, so can we. So we will, <laughs> in an effort... To make our Game of the Year show more digestible, we are doing a first, and rather than giving you a three to four hour show, we are breaking it up over two weeks. So this week we will talk about 10 through 6, items 10 through 6 of our Games of the Year, and we will talk about... All distinct levels in Genshin Impact. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't turned it off already, we will talk about 5 through 1 next week. But I promise you, this will be a fun show We've got, we've got a bunch of cool guests coming in. We're going to talk about some of our favorite games this year. Oh, man, I am so excited for I this. I promise you, I promise you, listeners, 100% Halo free. <laughs> <laughs> you. No, there will well, be no Halo talk. You, and then, I mean, you only partially covers it because then if you want to hear how we got our order mm. of these titles, of these top 10, you got to go to patreon.com slash laser time. Subscribe at the $5 or more per month level and you will get access to it. The Ordering, the exclusive bonus show where bonus basically show. the three of us argue for an hour and a half about the order. <laughs> what's going to be number 10? What's going to be number one? And Chris Baker and I did the same about Spider-Man No Way Home. So those Spider-Man. are those waiting for you. That's pretty there cool. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. That's on the Patreon as well? Yes, it nice. is. Nice. Indeed it is. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time and just jump into the games right after this. Friends, we have said it before, but here at the Laser Time Network, we consume a lot of content for quote-unquote research purposes, especially around the holidays. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to find a particular holiday special or movie that isn't available here in the U.S. for some reason. That's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN provides an easy-to-use workaround. With just one click, we can access content from 59 different countries safely and securely so we can get the games, TV shows, and movies we need to do our jobs. That also means we can access international content as soon as it's available in other countries without having to wait for it to come to the States. Can you 
imagine if we had access to something like this back in the 80s and 90s with Japanese game releases? Oh, man. And if you're traveling out of the country for the holidays, rest assured NordVPN will help you ensure you never miss an episode of your favorite show as soon as it airs back home. Doing some holiday shopping? You can even find discounts on games, movies, TV shows, and streaming subscriptions by taking advantage of international sales and pricing. Speaking of sales, right now, NordVPN is offering a special holiday season deal for LazerTime listeners. Go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime and use the code LazerTime to get 73% off your NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. This offer will not last long, so go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime and use the code LazerTime, that's one word LazerTime, to get your bonus gift and up to 73% off. What are you waiting for? Do it! Hold up! What is going on there with your body hair? It's time to trim those trees. Groom Santa's beard. Deck the halls and shave the balls. Clean up Candy Cane Lane. Tidy up that elf on the shelf. Shovel some snow down below. In other words, it's time to trim the The hair hair down down there. Gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season with two Manscaped Holiday Bundles. The Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0 Luxury Grooming Gift Kit includes the following. The Lawnmower 4.0 with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts. The Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner to keep your precious groin ornaments as fresh as a newly cut Christmas tree. And the Magic Mat Disposable Shaving Mats. Not to be confused with this Magic Mat. Plus, the Perfect Package 4.0 includes two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, valued at $39.99, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxers, valued at $19.99. And if you want to go big while making certain body parts look big, upgrade to the Performance Package 4.0, which includes everything from the Perfect Package 4.0, plus the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology. It'll help you whack those nasty little weeds in your delicate holes. Manscaped also offers tons of items that would make perfect stocking stuffers, like the Crop Mop Ball Wipes, the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet, or the Refined Cologne, a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code LASERTIME. One word. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. This is Snow Joke. Say it loud and proud. Manscaped. Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LazerTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. No... We're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As if the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? <laughs> because it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it, but I'm going to experience this fresh super important to me and i'm i like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof but when i saw endgame i think it, i was talking to you about it like i didn't the trailer only showed like the first 40 minutes of the movie i had no no idea what oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. was even going to be like, about time travel and all that was like completely left right. out of the I I, yeah. I I read your movie sites and all that stuff but i'm really good at avoiding spoilers but like 
dude, the Spider-Man stuff just crept over into everything. And when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like, yeah, other than the post-credits scene, like, that, all of that, all of that was spoiled for me, like, naturally on Facebook. Man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still, it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled. Certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back. Thanks for sitting through all that. Let's just begin our countdown with... Number 10. This is my last fight. A true test of legends. Our story will outlive us both. Set a fire in your heart, Spartan. Bear your fangs! <laughs> Fight hard! Die well. No, bigger. Bigger! Thank you. <laughs> talk to talk to Master Chief like weapon? it's Daniel Plainview's son. <laughs> I am the third revelation! <laughs> I am... <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, if some of you are wondering... How the hell did these guys put Halo at number 10? You can blame mostly me, but if yes. you want to hear how to blame me, uh, check it out, patreon.com slash laser time, our order show, which will be available uh, at the end of the year. You can hear how we arranged all of these. But this is Halo awe, Infinite. Bask in the awe of Matt's subterfuge. <laughs> and so, yes, this is Halo Infinite. Who's joining us for this segment? I am Anthony Abbott, uh, and I want to finish this fight again or forever. Oh, no, that's, like, that's at least three game marketing campaigns ago. <laughs> Finish this fight for Infinity. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady, also on Twitch as Bruce Wayne Brady, where I have been streaming a little bit of Halo and uh, spending a lot of time with Halo lately, just Master Chief series and Infinite more than anything. It is, as of this recording, it is the game I played most recently and finally got my Xbox phone app working so I could send you guys a picture of my body Tree starring and getting flung across the map like a goddamn Skyrim <laughs> character. So uh, great. I do love the physics. Yeah. They 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 kind of brought back Halo jank physics for this one. I I, I, I like love it. this game. I think I told you guys on our bonus cast that the fun of this for me is like Halo just feels really good to play. Yeah. And you put Halo's action into an open world game, and now I'm just sort of like I just wander around and Halo at everything for a while. Well, it's why yeah. it's why Destiny was such a revelation. Yeah, you know, but but then like, this is even more colorful and less stupid. Mm. Uh, no offense to <laughs> Destiny player, but I played Destiny up until what, like three Destiny two expansions in. Like, just fuck this light and fuck this armor shit. I'm really tired of this. And replaying the whole level, and and all I needed, I apparently, I love the, the thing about this. It's a little harder. Almost yes. every Halo game yeah. since the first one. Uh, well, let's say the first through three. I we I play through them maybe by myself with friends and then we play them through on harder difficulties with friends and it's always awesome. This one started out just a little more difficult and I think that was that's amazing. What an amazing choice! It feels so good. Yeah, I think I described it to you to you guys like oh I don't mind me I'm just playing uh, 
20 brutes show up to fist you simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it'll do yeah. that. It'll do that. It'll do those airdrop things, too, of, like, the little pods that come down and explode. And, oh, mm-hmm. brutes. Yeah. Neat. Who who knew that the toughest ones of all would be the ones that, like, don't have any weapons and just charge straight at you? Like, oh, oh God, the, these guys. Boy, again. do they ever. Oh, man. Can we talk Can we about this somewhere else before about how funny the fucking brutes are? Uh, well, the brutes around. are funny. The grunts are the funny. Grunts, like, really? grunts are I, funny, my bad. I was not prepared for just how funny this game is. I trained for three days for this moment. Grenading! You're all screaming and no You know what's so great about that is, like, they talk smack to you directly. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard any repeated dialogue yeah. from any of the characters. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Insane. Like I, ha- I have not heard a repeated bark yet. I've been playing it for like you know probably five or six hours. Full confession: I haven't finished the game, but I, I did enjoy it, and I trust these guys' opinions when they tell me this belongs on the game of the year list. It yeah. does. It's it's it the is. it's the resurrection Halo. I think was has been looking for for about ten years, and and it's something first party and triple A, and it got it. You know, I, I barely scratched the surface of the multiplayer and may never even do that. The open world setting is so rewarding and awesome when you when you learn how to like properly that grapple not only oh, allowing yeah. you to love the grapple to insta kill like it, it's just like it's have it's like having three melees uh, in one mm. shot. You can shoot shoot it out, you can deflect a shield, pull yourself over and knock somebody out without firing a single shot. Yeah. Or if you're completely out of bullets, you see a gun in the air field, you just pull it in it, like it feels like real matrix shit yeah. it, it, I, I love it it, I, it feels a lot like the just cause 2 grapple without the yeah. parachute so it's like i feel like i'm i'm all like if i had the parachute i could just deploy it while i'm pulling myself along and fly but yeah traversal wise like it leaves a little bit to be desired but like i'm still using it quite a bit to like climb mountains that yeah. i normally yeah. could not with my jump but uh i love when you fully upgrade it grapple. Well, it feels like if you've played Titanfall 2, which I've played a ton of it, it feels like a good evolution of Titanfall because okay. the way it works in Halo is like, I've done things like, oh, someone's above me and they're shooting at me. I will grapple up to their vehicle, knock them out of it. Now I've got this guy's ghost and I'm flipping it on him and attacking him because I grappled this thing in midair. Like, so many things you can do with it. And like, grabbing a weapon, grabbing the item from like a cross part of the map and pulling it to you. I was in a boss fight, which this game has boss fights. That's a really cool addition. Mm-hmm. And I was running out of ammo, and instead of switching to, like, another gun, I just pulled the ammo to another thing towards yeah. me and th- started throwing stuff back at him. I do I do think it was a smart choice, the fact that you can pretty much auto-hijack any vehicle as long as you can land that grapple on it. It's like, oh, yeah, we, yeah. you know. They, they could have made that a mini game. They could have made that in a QTE. It's like, nah, just fucking get on there, hit the guy, yeah. and now it's yours. I, like, I had a complicated, like, there's that valley where you meet the first Spartan killers, and I had, like, a complicated series of moves that I would do every time I started over from dying, where it's like, all right, jump in the warthog, drive the warthog over to where... The elite is driving the ghost around, uh, jack his ghost before the Spartan killer can run me over, and then use the ghost to bump the, the Spartan killer around, keep him in view, and then jack his ride, and then immediately get killed because he will be, like, standing right next oh, to it yeah, when you jack it. All about the ride jacking. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. 
Yeah. Like, how did that even happen in the previous games? How were you supposed to jack rides in mid-flight it, like that? It, see, I don't remember the other games if you can do it mid-flight, but I know if you got close enough to the vehicle, mm-hmm. you could hijack it. You could ju- you could do yeah, you could just basically run kind of around them because they none of those vehicles turn that quickly, you know. So as long as you can flank them, you, yeah, you could so I know do that. I know I've done it before, but never as easily, quickly, and as abundantly as in Halo Infinite. Yeah. Are you guys missing? And maybe I mean I've I've played it about ten hours now, and it hasn't unlocked, but maybe it's there. I, I miss dual wield a little bit. Like that was that's mm. the one thing I'm like. Yeah, I, I wish they'd. they'd yeah, I I really what did was dual wield two or three? Dual started in Halo two. Mm-hmm. Ah man, it it does feel like that's missing slightly, just a little bit, you know. But uh, I guess I guess for the animation purposes, you got to have that one hand always free for the grapple. So maybe yeah. that's why they did that. Or like uh, the other stuff they give you, like well, I feel like the shields are kind of useless in multiplayer, but the shields in the campaign the the drop shields you can Oh, drop use. shields. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those are useful when you're playing the campaign because you can kind of like manage the crowds a little bit better when you drop yes. a shield in one spot. Yeah, Multiplayer, people kind of, you know, it's not as useful, but in campaign, it's really fun to use those. I, I, I get the feeling I should be using it more, but like I would have to saf- sacrifice my grapple. Yeah. Which would change everything. Those are that, kind of the two first upgrades you you should fully upgrade. Is it's the drop shield and the the fully upgraded grapple with that cool attack where you you hit your melee while you're grappling in, and it'll do like a huge shock wave that stuns all the enemies around the enemy that you pretty much insta kill. Like that that thing feels really good. And sometimes I use that kind of as a desperation move when I'm surrounded, oh, and yeah. it works. Oh know? yeah, even on guys I can see are clearly shielded. Like at least it'll get me out of the line of fire for a quick second. And oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so great at getting you as a defensive mechanism to getting you out of the line of fire. I, yeah. I know it's not as fast as Just Cause, but it just feels more right and tactile. Mm-hmm. Really like it, it. it really helps. But basically, like Chris was saying, this is a really tough uh, game. It helps you flee encounters. You're like, oh shit, I'm surrounded. I'm just got to bail. And, yeah. and sometimes you'll just do that. You'll just bail. You use that grapple hook to just fucking get the fuck out of dodge, let your shields recharge, and then come back and try again. Like, it works. And I, I love the open worldness of it, and I, I love that it's a specific kind of open world, like Far Cry, where it's just like, here, here's a bunch of, like, bases that you can take over, and here's Weapon voicing my thoughts to me. That <laughs> belongs to the Banished. It should belong to us. <laughs> I love the chatter and I love the the propaganda towers that you can find scattered around the landscape. Breaking news! We found the Master Chief, (laughs) captured him, peeled the armor from his stupid bones, and killed him dead. His last words were... Hang on, let me check check my notes here. (laughs) All hope is lost. Humanity is doomed. Lay down your weapons. I am Master Chief. Oh, harrowing words. You should listen to him. <laughs> I actually love what you talk about, like, or in that clip, they're like, we peeled the armor. Hmm. There are several times in this game, like, the way you find your upgrades is it's on the armor of dead Spartans. Yep. And I love that, like, so previous Halos have obviously acknowledged there's other Spartans other than Master Chief, but very rarely has Master Chief encountered other, like, full-on Spartans, except for five. Um, But it's, like, it's so cool that it's, like, yeah, he he's the best Spartan. Like, he's Mm -hmm. the ultimate Spartan. He's the Master Chief. But it's, like, no, these are real powerful, uber-powerful soldiers, and it's, like, yeah, it's, it's... there's all these really sad moments when he finds their armor and basically takes their power and is, like, I'm sorry, you know, I gotta move on, though. Yeah, I, I like that this game has an emotional center 
And that center is a person named Echo 216 who recognizes that, like, this is all a bunch of crazy bullshit. We should go home. Crushed. Broken. Beaten. Useless. Enough. When? When is it enough, Chief? When we're in there? Because that's where I belong. In there. With them. Worthless junk. Not this. I'm not you. Yeah, and it does kind of feel like I'm just dragging this poor asshole everywhere. (laughs) It's true, but they need him there. And he gets Mm. annoying, by the way. But they need him there because Chief is such like the cypher fucking hero that's like, yeah, whatever, me versus a million. Yeah, we can do that. That'll be fine. Fly directly into their guns. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Why don't I do exactly how Chris plays? Walk towards something, emptying a clip, and then melee it. (laughs) He he leans into that part of himself in this game, I feel Mm -hmm. like. It's just kind of like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this by myself. It's fine. And that, that guy He's like, are you fucking insane? He's like, we should that go is, home. Like, but that now. is exactly how I play the game. Like, skip cutscene, <laughs> skip cutscene, run forward, empty clip, no burst fire, melee See, when you run out. That's how I played every other Halo game. But in this game, I'm like, oh, these enemies are flanking me and fucking me up. Let me, yeah. let me step back a little bit and re- like reapproach the situation. Yeah, and I actually I rather that. enjoyed burst fire weapons that allow me to get headshots quicker because. Holy shit, sometimes you really actually need that, oh, like, the, right oh, the headshot is awesome against the Brutes, too. Like, the battle yeah. rifle has been my favorite weapon since they introduced it. I was a Halo 2 or 3, and it is just as powerful in this game. But then there's also... That's the other thing, is there's a bunch of new weapons in this game that weren't in previous yeah. Halos. Um, and the game doesn't wait to introduce those to you. Like, that's kind of the beauty of this open world thing. It's like, look, all the tools are here. Like, just go fucking find these guns and then use whatever you need to... And, you know, the only thing that's going to be holding you back is running out of ammo occasionally. It's just like you can you can pretty much get the best weapons almost within an hour of playing that game, you know, yeah. in that open world. Yeah, yeah, I haven't discovered weapons. any new weapons in a long time, but man, I, this is one of those games I've started to play like kind of every day. Mm-hmm. Put on a good podcast and just run through the open world. And I don't really care whether I'm making critical progress or not. And it's just not the experience I expected from Halo despite thinking, I think I heard it was open world, but I don't listen to fucking game coverage anymore. It, it's still semi-open world, because it's kind of like the, the missions are almost like instanced in the open world. It's like, here, go down underground, and we're going to do a mission now. I, I, I'm i going to break a rule that I promise folks, kind of the rest of this top ten, I will try to avoid doing. But I do feel like I need to explain why I ranked it so low on my personal list. Um, despite being awesome with the open world and, and as fun as the combat is and stuff... I do feel like this game has some shortcomings that held it back a little bit for me, at least the campaign mode. Number one, it's this awesome, huge open world. It's it's really empty compared with like other open world games. Like there's just not a ton mm. of stuff there between when you're going from big checkpoint to checkpoint, mission to mission. It's just, there's that. I mean, I think but, I think it compared to like I can only compare it to Destiny because it's kind of the only open world shooter I've really seen where there are missions like just wander around and do stuff. It's way more popular than Destiny. Ever not even close. No, yeah, it is. No, no, no. Well, no. I feel Absolutely. Like, I feel like with Halo, traditionally, though, you have different biomes. Like, there's, True. like, a frozen area and, like, you know, different, like, areas that you have combat in. And this is kind of like one big open mountain yeah, yeah. area. This is pretty much just giant blood gulch and underground. Yes. Yeah, it's a big canyon. Biomes. Yeah, blood gulch is a perfect way of describing it. It's like, hey, imagine they made blood gulch into an open world game. That's kind of what mm, this map yeah. is. Then my other big point is, like, story... Um, 
it's fine, but it's also like it's one of those things where you don't know what you're supposed to know and what you're not supposed to know because it's been so long since five Mm -hmm. and they don't really do a good job of being like, okay, here's what you as a player are supposed to know. These are the events of five versus there's some shit that happens between five and this game that you you can't tell which is which, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to go look all this shit up in a wiki just to try to understand like the story that Master Chief's supposed to know versus the stuff that is kind of like a flashback that we're going to have to experience later in the game. I just feel like it does a could have done a better job uh, getting people caught up and then being like, okay, this is the the stuff that's new to this game specifically. Yeah. I do think out of the three, four, three Halo games, this is my favorite campaign. Yes. I wanted to like Guardians more because I thought the idea of the two teams of Spartans would have been really fun, but I played through that game and couldn't tell you a thing that happened except Nathan Fillion was there and Luke Cage was there. I don't remember shit else. That's most, most people feel the same way. Like Guardians is, is so forgettable. It, it introduced, and, and even none of y'all game, read the books. This uh, game sort of forgets it too. Like this game kind of nods to some of that shit, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, remember all that new faction and enemies? Forget all that. We don't, we're not going to really touch on that that yeah. much. Yeah, it's also you talked about multiplayer a little bit earlier and uh, the multiplayer since that was released first. Yeah, they do a really cool job of giving you like this good training area. where you can try all the different weapons and all the different stuff out before you just jump into the multiplayer maps. And I usually play in first person shooters. The campaigns are kind of my way of learning how the other weapons work. Yeah, and I've loved the campaign for that. But I've spent a lot of time multiplayer in this game, which I haven't really done since like Halo 3 or Reach. And I've really been enjoying multiplayer in this game, too. Yeah, well, I I'll, feel like I'll multiplayer is multiplayer is Halo for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like four and five. I mean, I played the campaigns. We played multiplayer a little bit. And I just kind of, I never felt like I want to play more of them. And this one, I mean, man, I can't remember the last time I was this into a first-person shooter multiplayer for Damn. a long time like this. Right. They're enticing me to go try it because there's all this. I keep unlocking this fucking armor for the multiplayer. You know, all those little like armor caches around. I'm like. I should probably go see what those look like eventually. If if you guys have not tried it yet, I would tell you if you jump into the big team battles, it's yeah. you know it's fun, it's chaotic. You don't have to be as worried about oh is the team winning or losing because of me or whatever. Just jump in and just just cause chaos. Now, if you want to go in the friends, you could have like a team of four do the smaller maps and the smaller things and play with your friends and try it that way too. So it gives you a couple of options on how you want to jump into multiplayer. I can only tell you, I am very sick of dying constantly in the single player campaign and seeing a giant one rank next to my name like holy shit i'm really good a lot of my stuff is leveled up oh this is tied to my multiplayer account oh, yes it is level one no chris is saying you're number one at the game you're the oh best. is it really yeah you are master chief ichiban awesome. baby that's you on the online leaderboards yes. thanks so much bungie or whoever made this game three four three I know, yeah. I'm kidding. Fun point. <laughs> if you never connect online, you never get updated on the leaderboard, so yeah. you'll always be so, number one. So are we saying we gave this one of our top ten games of the year without having touched multiplayer? No, I, I played the I played a bunch of the beta. Oh, okay. But, well, uh, by but, beta, do you mean the multiplayer that came out first? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's actually what I mean. It's not the beta. <laughs> I played a bunch of the multiplayer. But, you know, I don't... I don't I never was much of an online Halo player, but we would play LAN a lot for yeah. one and two. And as and as you always point out to us, Michael, it's it's truly our top ten in that like these are the games yes. game types we like to play. This and, is super and, subjective, and we love the campaign. Uh, yeah. 
But that's yeah, and none, so cool none of us are big competitive multiplayer guys. So yeah, I I'm the only one here apparently that's, tr- that's tried the multiplayer, and you guys, it's, the game has so much other stuff just in the campaign alone that it made the top ten. And okay. I've been a Halo fan since you know day one on the original Xbox. I've enjoyed every one of the games in a different way. This one I think works. You know, a little bit on both sides of it, and you could never touch multiplayer and enjoy the campaign as much as jump in a few matches. I'm not good at all. I have fun popping in for, you know, a couple of matches multiplayer. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Go back to campaign and take over some bases. That's why I like it. I think what you said there, I'm done. That's the reason, one of the reasons I don't necessarily like multiplayer-only games is I kind of like things with a beginning and an end and feeling like I finished, I, I beat the campaign, I finished and that never happens in multiplayer games it's just like, no, yeah. there's just another another match to play, you know. Well, we should probably wrap this up because we've got a lot of stuff to get to, so uh, you know, as much as we love Halo Infinite, it is clearly not as awesome as Number 9 Home The most beautiful place on Earth where everyone is welcome. Together, we can explore the wonder and beauty of Mexico. Experience true freedom. Feel alive. I like to feel alive in which game? Far Cry 6. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, no. The other country. game, the, the other game that City. I was speaking Spanish to throughout the year, Forza Horizon Five. Yes, and who is joining us for this segment? It is I, Johnny Brandon. And where can people see or hear more of your work? Right now, we are playing through Metal Gear Solid uh, at Square Roots, which is a game club. We play an RPG, or sometimes not an RPG, a chunk at a time. Nice. Where can people find it? On iTunes and Spotify and such. All right. Square Roots. Awesome. So we are gathered here today to pay tribute to Forza Horizon 5, or as I like to call it, drive straight through fucking everything. (laughs) It's... Yeah, that is my my experience in Forza Horizon. It's like, just drive as fast as possible across the roughest landscape imaginable. Crash through absolutely everything until you find something that your car cannot overcome. There, there's only like three things. It's basically buildings. Yeah. Um, let's see, the temples. And then like that those giant rock piles that kind of look like where Shatner fought the Gorn in Star <laughs> Trek. Like that's pretty much the only three things yeah. in that game that will stop and your some car. larger trees. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, you're but at the end there. <laughs> yeah, that is that's that that's how you know it's a Forza Horizon game is you can go pretty much wherever you want and they incentivize you. They have those those, that one little race type that's like the trailblazer mode, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, go through these flags and try to get to this other point as quickly as possible, however you deem necessary. Um, I fucking love that, though. Like, I went back earlier this year because remember they were delisting Forza Motorsport 5, I think it was? Mm, seven. Um, seven, thank you. Serious Forzas. And so yeah. I, I went to play that, and I just realized, like, oh, man, I really do not like this compared to the Horizon games because they're so 
just semi and like here's this racetrack and you're not leaving this racetrack and even the way they can the cars control is so much more serious and realistic and blah and even, you're even thinking, the music it the the tone yes. is very yeah, versus, you like Gran Turismo, you like this too. That's, versus that's Horizon games are like, here, you're going to take a $700,000 supercar and you're going to race it off-road and you can fucking put some off-road tires on that bitch and uh, try to get a speed trap high score. And it's, it's brilliant and amazing and lovely. And this is the best one of those. They get better every time. Four was better than three and five is better than four. They also, they also are kind of getting ready to meet in the middle, I think. It's, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't, I They're don't know that they can continue to do the more motorsport stuff. Like now that, Horizon's gotten so big, and they skipped. They skipped the last entry of Motorsport, so I'm really anxious to see what happens with the next one. But Did like, they really? It, yeah. yeah, they went from uh, Horizon four to five. Yeah. yeah, there was no Motorsport in between, and I, I did not miss it. I, yeah, I think I this Horizon. game. So, so four did a good job with. I, I know a lot of people didn't like the whole like the wheel spins and shit like that, but I think those are actually pretty cool, and they make it so you don't always just have to save up for a car you want. You can basically kind of win these cars. I felt like five made that stuff a lot easier to understand and you got a lot more of them. And I also love what five did with the whole mission structure of like, here's the areas and and they're all tied to the different kind of themes of racing. You know, like here's the Baja type area, which is off-road racing. Here's the street racing area with these missions. Here's, here's this. And then they each have kind of the submissions. I just felt like the structure of this game finally kind of made sense. And I kind of always knew where I should be going, even though there was a, kajillion things around me on the map that I could have been trying at any given time. I think the missions are are definitely the best part of 5. Like, especially you know, go around this temple and find these little bonus items for the missions with uh, Ramirez. Those are really fun. I forget what they they call the the expeditions, I think they call them. But they added, like, platforming elements to a goddamn racing game that that was, like, deliciously weird and I, I really appreciated that but yeah, it's I, like find this hidden thing mm-hmm. on this expedition mission before you I, I love that that it in, injects a little bit more personality into what could just be like a motorsports game and uh, has you doing stuff like this <laughs> I falling off the cliff. I don't plan on being discovered here by the next archaeological expedition do you my friend no this place is definitely nicer without us in it. let's get moving some of the roads might be blocked I'll navigate. It looks like there's one way to the coast. Through the heart of the storm. You can handle this, my friend. I trust you. Do your worst. We are riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. We're not Riders on the storm. I'm referencing a door song. I, I I mean I sent you guys that one image like one mission basically you jump off a cliff in a fucking parade float. <laughs> Chris is like, what is that? And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's my parade float that I raced at 200 miles an hour off a cliff. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that's the nice. the the Festival de la Luna or something. But what you what you heard there is like, so your your main character, your driver is still kind of a dipshit, whatever. <laughs> but like all of the all the supporting characters in this game are great. There's that one guy who's like secretly an awesome street racer that's kind of your buddy. One of my favorite missions is like one of the first story missions you encounter is is where you basically have to make the ultimate like Herbie the Love Bug, you know, because like it, it was a family heirloom, like the this the beetle. Oh, I, right? I have a clip from there, and I'm not sure that this is an accurate representation of uh, Mexican culture. My friend, what would you say are the two most important things in Mexican culture? Uh, family and food, family and art, family and music, <laughs> clothes. Familia and the Volkswagen Beetle. Bocho is the Mexican nickname. 
my bisabuelo Fernando was the first Torres to own one. And thanks to that photo, I think I know where it is. Seriously? Let's go find it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's drop everything. <laughs> yep. Yep, can't stop hearing about those vochos every time I go to Mexico. Like, no, that is not a thing. <laughs> like, like, I know that they're like taxis in Mexico, at least they used to be. And it was like big news, I think, like 10 or 15 years ago when Volkswagen ceased production of the original Beetle in Mexico. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure Herbie went there in a movie, too. Chris, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. He had to have gone to well, Mexico at Wouldn't some that point. be like uh, Monte Carlo? Okay. No, there was. I remember there was a Herbie movie with like uh, a Latino kid who called it Ocho because it was number fifty three and five and three or eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 See, Ocho the Vocho. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. got to be. It's got to be goes banana. I ha- goes bananas. I had the novelization of that. One. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Herbie goes bananas. <laughs> what? They're only choose your own adventure Herbie books. Huh? They're only five unless you include the. Uh, it, Bruce really? Campbell remake. Oh, I would have sworn there were at least like 25 or There are four movies. originals, one remake, fully loaded from the wow. state guys and Lindsay Lohan. And, uh, uh, yeah, and a Bruce Campbell remake. That's what I'm here for. Sorry. I was. <laughs> but I did love yeah. that, that, that mission line. Um, I also thought, you know, the showcases are back, and those are always the things that it's that's like kind of the signature for it's a thing like, you're going to race a plane. Mm-hmm. You're going to race a bunch of motorcycle dudes. I nominated this here. Mostly because I think it was the year where we could have Forza on a list and it wouldn't mystify people. Apparently, this game had more people playing it than in its entire history. Than any more other Microsoft first, game up until that point, probably first until party Halo. history. Yeah, entire first party history. And mm-hmm. I just, I always think they're kind of one of my games of the year. It's the first game, Forza 3 is the first game I ever professionally reviewed as a 10. And when I say Ooh, professionally yeah. reviewed, I also shot a video of it destroying a Gran Turismo car that I made myself. <laughs> uh, very de- a deeply unprofessional thing to do, but it's also like I don't hate motorsport, and I also was like I'm kind of getting tired of hearing these people talk and driving this stuff. And I wish there was just a menu where I could just start racing from. Like, oh yeah, that's what motorsport. <laughs> <was>. <laughs> I, so I, I sort of wish they could meet in the middle. But I, I think we all when we talked about it, some of you guys were on Xbox Series X, and I'm on uh, Xbox One X mm-hmm. last gen. Mm-hmm. No noticeable. I didn't feel like there was any noticeable lack of graphical fidelity, but like my load times were significantly different than yours. If yeah. I were to jump to a location, yeah, you're saying it was and, like taking thirty seconds just to load a car when you switched or something. Yeah, like I that. cannot switch a car automatically, and right. you guys are like, "Oh, that's not a problem for on Series it's, X." It's like instantaneous, and then probably the big difference is you probably don't have a sixty frames mode that the Series X does because it and it matters in that game. Like sixty frames looks fucking awesome in this game. It, I mean, they're, so, they've always been. Super beautiful. I games. thought it always ran at sixty frames. No, no, you couldn't no, even no. even on a Series X. You can't play Forza Horizon three at sixty. It's it's limited. Really? Yeah, yeah. And in this one's the same. Like you can if you have four K turned on and like the ray tracing. Actually, ray tracing only shows up in like the replays, but it's uh, thirty frames. And then you got to you got to opt mm. into the sixty frame mode. I think it probably has a hundred and twenty frame mode, but my TV doesn't support it. Yeah, I, I don't have money like that. Yeah, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. It's one of the most beautiful games of the year. It's um, there's just it's one of those games that always has something to do, and they carried over the season stuff from four. And so, like every time you dive in, there's the live game aspect of like there's some goals to accomplish that you get these points for, and they're basically trying to earn super rare cars. Like one of the first seasons, you could earn a DeLorean, right? Like it's there's just there's always kind of fun stuff to be done in those games, in addition to the main 
structure, which again, they did a great job of like revealing the map to you one chunk at a time through kind of those big mission modes. Like I can't, I can't fault this game for anything. And, and the other thing is it's, it was included with game pass. So this was the first time I've ever bought a season pass for a game that I didn't own because that's, <laughs> that's a thing you can do now, apparently. And Microsoft with, uh, marketed that. They're like, here, buy the. I think they had a special, special. They had a special name for it. It was like fifty bucks. It's like, yeah, buy the Forza Five add-on pack to go with your Game Pass version of the game. Like, sure, done. VIP mode got extra cars, got the starter pet cars. Oh, you and, played it early too. It was infuriating. And I can't wait to see what the DLC is because you know the last couple, it's been Hot Wheels, then it was Legos last time. I'm sure it'll be something like that again. Playmobil, Playmobil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they they kept the Hot Wheel cars are still in it. Like you can get, you can drive as the Hot Wheel cars in five right now. I just I saw that Hot Wheels Unleash game. You know, somebody studying game history. I'm like, you took a great DLC mode and stole it for yourself. You took your ball and went home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I deeply want to play that again. I wish that game was good as the uh, as the (laughs) the DLC for Forza for three. I haven't haven't touched it. That DLC is the only reason I had three installed on my Xbox until this came out, and I had to clear the space because it's a, it's a whopper, a whopper of a game. This game. Yeah, Microsoft should slow down and release as a Forza games just because no, none of their hard drives can take it. At this yeah, yeah. At this you only have one Forza game on your on your machine at a time. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, and it's it's just such so much fun to just tear ass around this open yeah. world, and it's oh, it's yes. like a GTA without the you know the TA. I guess uh, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's like it's like a Gran Turismo with no penalties. Yeah. Uh, um, like like yeah, what, what I'm saying is like it's an open world like car crime game where you never get out of your car and steal other cars. You don't. Yeah, have but to. it's but just like uh, unless you're in a serious race, you can fuck up and just like roll your car and like just take I was I remember being shocked at what certain things that my car couldn't drive through because mm. it was like all right I guess I can't drive through that house but that house and when you <laughs> when you discover that you just hit rewind and uh yeah. man, that's such yeah. a great like this this is like one of those games that is just like everything we do here is about saying yes to the player yes. like you want it you're saying like can I do this? We're saying, yes, you can do that. Can I drive through this temple? No, the temple is solid stone. That is our one restriction right. on your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it lo- but it even looks like a ramp. This entire Mayan temple. The temple looks like a ramp, and you're like, I want to jump off that Mayan pyramid yeah. so bad. I want to do donuts on top of this national heritage site. Just let me do that. It's That's a video maybe... game. Who cares? Some people took exception to the fact that it's like, hey, we're going to throw a rave in a rainforest. I'm like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do that i don't know environmental <laughs> yeah, oh. it's just it's imaginary man who cares <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's the message it sends i didn't think i would like these games because i'm a big like i do time trials in gran turismo with the slowest mm. cars that i love and oh, i don't like Lord. supercars i don't like being yelled at by fashionable people but this game <laughs> once you get past that you can do you can do time trials in slow cars you can drive oh, yeah. the oldest crappiest dotson around and it's wonderful oh uh, yeah it, but why do that when you can just, you know, make turn them into S-rated car versions of themselves? <laughs> like you can learn, you can tear ass and like, yeah, the cheapest like three wheel car, weirdo oh, Mr. Yeah. Bean fucking car from from England, <laughs> imaginable. It's great, and you can you can uh, decorate it with a cozy coupe styling, or you can put furry diaper art on all your cars, yes. and then give them away as barn finds, which is what I've been doing. 
and I haven't got uh, banned from Xbox yeah, yet. So. I know. I do love that you can you can force your ugly ass livery versions of cars onto other people in this game too. Yeah, That's and they reward the you for features. it. But yeah, even if you think you, you wouldn't like this car, or this game because you don't like hypercars and you don't like being yelled at, this game ha- is there's lots of quiet, nerdy fun. It, yep. You can play it however you want. You can do it with bonkers cars. You can soup up your cars to insane levels, or you can just be a quiet nerd and have fun exploring Mexico. And it's really beautiful. Well, and and they adjust the race. Basically, the cars you race against are always kind of tuned to the car you're driving at that moment. And so sometimes those races are really hard in like an S1 or S2 rank, like a supercar. So just go in there like an Acura Integra, you know, which is like a B or a C rank. And it's like the cars you'll be racing are that car as well. So it really is just kind of like, well, this is a test of you racing. It's not about like I just happen to have a car that blows every other car away, you know, and it's it's rubber bandy, arcadey racing. And that's fucking fine, dude. And, And you can turn on assist like I. I always turn on the braking line, never the full drive line, but kind of like, yeah, here's where you should be in the, in the curves yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, and then here. you keep the rewind on in case you fuck up. And it's like, yeah, it's it's like low stakes, but still super fun racing. And it's like, yeah, that's what it's all about, you know? And the physics in this one are the best that Forza Horizon's had so far. You can yeah. fucking sky off those dunes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> There's a point where your car, the, the nose of your car, like goes up, and you're like, "Am am I going into orbit right now?" <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I, that's part of. The, I, I had a note like a, the same note I had in like the Spider-Man game. Like, there's all these fast travel points, but I think just web slinging over the tops of buildings gets me going faster. I could use roads to get to my destination four miles away, but if I just take my concept Bugatti through the goddamn dunes in this neighborhood, which there's no penalty for, right. just go through, cut through the brush, drive through the valley. Uh, it takes you're in there in no time, I, and you actually, rack up all these fucking points for air and uh, drifts by doing so. And, and you, when you level up, you unlock wheel spins, and so you get more cars and shit but yeah. I, I do have a hot strat for this game if you do want to kind of min max it which i did there's one house it's not cheap but it unlocks basically unlocks the ability to fast travel to any road in the game whatsoever you want not just like the festival oh, wow. points but any road and then what you do you use that to fast travel around and collect all of the the, the signs that reduce the mm. the cost for fast travel. So now I've I've knocked all those out. So I literally cost me zero credits to fast travel, and I can go nice. anywhere I want on that map at any time. Yeah, that's the strategy if you just want to not care about. And and Chris, again, I hate to say it this way, fast traveling on Series X is fucking nice because it's like a two second <laughs> load. <laughs> it's it's so fast. I get to see a bunch of panning shots of the rest of the world while I do it. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, Forza 5 definitely belongs on our list. I'm a little bummed it's so low, but I understand why. But uh, yeah. You guys weren't vociferous enough. But still, just being part of our top 10, that's a pretty big deal. It's not like we're saying, oh, number nine, it's bad. Well, well I also love that people are like, oh, the racing genre is dead. I'm like, it's not that racing is dead. It's just that there's one really good series mm. that kind of dominates the rest of the field. Kind of, yeah. And Grand Turismo 7 will come out sometime. Yeah. <laughs> so are you more of a, of a Horizon guy or a motorsports guy, John? I'm more of a motorsports guy, I, I got to admit. But I love this game. This game's great. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, Matt, it is our number nine, so we've got more to go through. What could be next? Let's find out with... Number eight.
What is this game full of very recognizable sounds? Bowser's 3D Odyssey World. Super Super Mario Odyssey 2 Ground Zeroes, because that's basically what I hope this is. (laughs) Matt, I swear to God, I wrote the same joke. (laughs) I I, I mean, I really hope that's what this is, because this is like a great tech demo of... What what should be a bigger Mario? Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah gonna get if, punished Venom Mario. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Luigi the entire time. <laughs> spoilers. Uh, yes, this is yeah. Spoilers for Metal Gear Solid Five. It was Luigi the entire time, <laughs> voiced by Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> so this is this is Bowser's Fury, one half of Mario 3D World plus well, Bowser's Fury, one quarter. Uh, one third. Maybe. I don't know. How long, how long yeah. is Super Mario 3D it's World? It's huge. It's technically one of the harder Mario games that we have. Wow. For some people, it was the 100% of that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So who That's is dumb. joining us for this segment? Hello. I am Brendan. I uh, I am a freelance writer. I write about video games on the internet like so many other people. You may have seen me on, most recently, GameSpot and Popular Science, also Lifehacker. Uh, I'm also on the PNB podcast. Real websites? God damn, it's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm uh, Steve Guntley of Wii Universe, formerly Ultra 64. And I'm Woody Siskowski of the same things that Steve is of. (laughs) It sounds like you you make it sound like you fired yourself, like formerly of Ultra 64. (laughs) (laughs) We had a corporate buyout. Woody bought my contract. (laughs) I bought it back. It's all complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the podcasts are all tied up in legal proceedings of the Nintendo 64 not having all that many games. So surprise, surprise, the guys, the guys who created an all-Nintendo podcast like this game. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Every, we, we are all big Mario fans on this dais for this entry. I think this is just a fantastic game. Like, it was completely unexpected. I thought it was going to be something like, oh, this is like a DLC add-on for a 3D world. It is completely different it is a mm-hmm. self-contained open world adventure that feels more like mario odyssey than yeah. 3d world if it, cause, cause yeah. the same thing i didn't think open world was going to be the solution to revitalizing so many game genres that i like but you know here we are uh mm-hmm. it really yeah. has worked for me quite a bit up until recently halo but <laughs> I, I was shocked because they easily could have like i think mario odyssey 2 is kind of in the cards that's I really yeah. think there's well, a ninety percent so. chance. I, I we think see it was that just generation. I think it was just leaked or something. I saw yeah. something today. But, but so. this it deliberately isn't that. And I've even I never asked uh, anybody I know at Nintendo any questions. I'm like, what was this? Like, why is this here? Why did you make this small slice of this? I you mentioned Ground Zeroes. I think if it was sold like Ground Zeroes, at least we could expect more. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't think we ever will from Nintendo. We'll never get more well, of Bowser's maybe. Fury. That's what's strange about this product is like, it's always a treat when a company sort of gives you more than you expected or yeah. like goes beyond the bare minimum amount of work. And I feel like Nintendo has not set that precedent for themselves. No. <laughs> like no. They very no. much could be like, hey, this is a $60 port of a Mario game not that many people played because it was on the Wii U and tons of people would have bought it still. I, I would have... You know, not Mario even. 3D I don't want to say begrudgingly. I, I would have bought it having, I almost nearly 100 percented. It's hard to 100 percent that game. It is. Uh, or yeah. it was on Wii U. And but I, like to throw in sort of this extra five six hour game with yeah. gameplay mechanics that are built from you know relatively from scratch is yeah. and not not really sell it because like 
if they're like, this is Mario 3, 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, you're like, yeah, well, what the hell is what's, Bowser's what's Fury? Bowser's Fury? Are, we, yeah. like, are, are we playing a, can- a polished, proto- canceled prototype? What is this? I, I think we are. I think I think this is proof of concept. I honestly think oh, we're yeah. playing a proof of concept for like, hey, look, if we ever want to do an open world Mario game, here's how we do it. And, it. and it's actually kind of ingenious the way they do it. It's like they're still sort of level areas sure, yeah. in that open world you go and there's even like a little like thing that shows you like oh you're in this part of this level yeah and, like it but takes it is two hours so like ex- you can actually expand and use it like an open world it looks very yeah. linear at first it's yeah very clever yeah. Yeah. and it keeps growing like new islands keep popping up mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. it finds some nuance in the formula that uh, mario odyssey put out where i think one of the complaints people had about odyssey was that like every 15 feet you're finding another moon you know it's like it's just kind of there's there's too many pellets coming down into the rat cage, you know. You just need to kind of space them out to get. <laughs> Who that complained serotonin. about that? I'm going to talk to these people, like because that's what I loved about Odyssey as well as Breath of the Wild. Like I love micro moons. But I mean, I feel like this one, this one keeps that structure, it keeps that openness, but it does still provide a little bit more specificity in your goals, and you can kind of go from one thing to another. Plus, kaiju. Yes. Who knew the Mario needed yes. kaiju? Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's the coolest Bowser's ever been. I think I, I rolled my eyes when I saw that. and like, how's that going to be fun? I'm like, this is delicious. Bowser, yeah. A Bowser-Godzilla battle behaves like the weather. It's going to get yes. rainy. Yeah, but I think they they use it as a mechanic to limit your exploration in the open world. I was trying to figure out why it's Mm. like this weird Bowser on a timer. Yeah, it is on a timer. That's the thing, and so it kind of feels like the Nemesis or Scissor Man or something like where you're just exploring, and all of a sudden the music's going to change, and you know that Bowser's about to come wreck your shit. Yes. Yeah, whatever whatever was happy before turns into like the. The Bowser theme from Super Mario Brothers 3. And I love that cacophony when it before it goes into metal you get that that bell ringing like it feels apocalyptic. Yeah, like right. the sky yeah. darkens, everything's stormy, and like you just need to run from fireballs and find your way to the Gigabell. And if you do, then you'll get huge, and all of a sudden this giant open world becomes a little arena for kaiju to fight in. And yeah, uh, yeah it's all about like, but it, but stomping it, it, Bowser. It's kind of that game's way of moving you along because you have to like prep basically to ring the Gigabell, right? It's like you have to get stuff done so that you can ring the Gigabell in a new area. So it's, it's you know, most open world games, like I. I'm doing this right now in Halo. Like, I just have a thing where I'm like, I'm going to go explore over there and see an icon on a map and, and go just explore. This game's like, nah, you still need to accomplish these goals. We want you to feel like you're doing Mario stuff. And, and this system is the way of doing it. Me, personally, it got a little annoying. Like, okay, here comes another fucking Bowser I'm going to have to fight off or whatever. I just wanted to explore at times. But I get why it's there, you know? I, I also, I similarly had kind of a bit of an annoyance because you get to a point where uh, in order to get the next couple of cat shines that you need to pick up, you have to wait for Bowser to appear yes. and shoot fire at some walls. And there's no way to really speed him up or encourage that. But Apparently you can scan an amiibo, a Bowser amiibo, and he oh. will show up. Oh, yeah. Shut God damn it. Up. Okay. I never knew that. All right. But, like, you know, that I, I think... I'm going to open but, my amiibos. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like playing into the Ground Zeroes thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. we're seeing right here, like, a very prototypical version of what the next Mario game is going to be. And we're going to see hope. some refinements on this formula. 
and uh, maybe more cats. I feel like there weren't enough cats in this <laughs> game. I oh, man, I don't know. There's a lot of cats in this game, Steve. This is I like, I would any. say, the the biggest game so far that um, is really in the cat exploitation genre. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know. I know I, I know there's a Switch game called uh, Cat Quest. I'm sure there's tons of casual and indie games where the point is just, like, get cats. We, we, um, we played but, it on our podcast. I mean, For some reason, in the UK, they gave Mario... The only time he hasn't been voiced by Charles Martinet is like, Hello, I'm Cat Mario, and I'm in a yeah. new game, Mario he, 3. He says Cat Mario, and it's cat disgusting. Mario. Oh, it's no. What? It what is he, from New Jersey? Get it's, out of here. It's, it's sped up Cat Welcome Mario. Welcome to the Cat Mario Also... Like, I'm, like I'm glad that they, they went with for cats, too. but Mario really strikes me as a dog type of guy. Like, he, 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 had a dog like in, he, he had a dog been. in Odyssey. He had a little dog wearing a hat. That's and the, we we covered um, Super Mario 3D World on our our show this year, uh, and we talked about this Bowser's Fury a little bit there as well. But like the you know this the, the the first game came out kind of at the peak where like the number one thing you could find on the internet were cats, and so this was very much like a cynical kind of ploy to to bring in the internet generation you know with with more kitty stuff but Maybe, i'm but into it if the, the cat powers make a, a little more sense to being able, being able to crawl up larger walls run a little faster and that diagonal dive makes yeah. sense in those level environments specifically and i i don't really care about the mario 3d world aspect of but like that thing is really enhanced too in subtle oh, yeah. ways that I, I I was fascinated to watch people break down. Mario is faster. He jumps higher. He gets faster, yeah. faster. Um, they enhance right. that game in, a, in dozens they enhance of ways. That well, and to Woody's point, like I, so I never got to play the original on Wii U. Mm. I would have bought this by itself just because I'd heard so many great things about that game, and I was like, yeah. oh, finally, this is my chance to play it. So they could have probably gotten sixty bucks out of me just for that, but no, they went ahead and added like another third of a game. Let's just say on top of that, and like, and it's like, oh, bonus. But it's actually the better game on that disc. I know. It kind of reminds me of uh, the orange box in that way. One of the things that really, I mean, I like Maddie, I probably would have picked this up because I didn't have a Wii U. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, admittedly, as someone who is not the biggest Mario fan, yeah. um, I w- it was lower on my list of things to pick up at the time. Uh, but Bowser's Fury, hearing the positive buzz about it, really... Like it, it motivated me to pick it up. I really liked Odyssey. Um, I like Mario Galaxy, but my Mario experience is pretty limited. And like um, my fellow PNB co-host uh, TL, I have oh, no, don't do uh, it. Certain don't opinions it. about Mario sixty four. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, oh my god. Are, um, Did TL uh, maybe... send you? Did he know we were going to be here? <laughs> Look, TL and I are. are Let everybody are know Mario sixty four is the land before this time. Was not video planned. I, I promise this was not planned. Um, but 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 you know there are certain opinions that have to that just have to be represented on a panel about Mario. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, <laughs> bad ones. No, I. One of the things that struck me about this game was just how. Un, not not un Nintendo it was, but how surprising it was that Nintendo was taking a chance on not just the 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 gameplay of Mario. I mean, it sounds weird to say after we've had like big expansive worlds like you know sixty four and Sunshine and Galaxy and, and well and, and Odyssey especially, but yeah. this felt like something totally different. And also just like making Bowser scary, not scary scary, but yeah. like a monster and yeah. um. There were some allusions to him maybe not being the best dad in the world. Right. That, uh, <laughs> you kind of pick I, I up his little like last surprised. kid. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, okay, okay, Nintendo's 
Nintendo's letting Bowser be a character. Even yeah. though you're mostly just beating the crap out of him because he's a giant goo monster, I was surprised. And it, it, that was one thing that really stuck with me about this game is, as someone who's maybe not the biggest overall... I don't hate Mario, but Mario's not, like, my number one uh, favorite series, and 3D sure. platformers aren't my favorite genre of all time. But I really love this game. It's one of my favorite games of the year, and part of that is because it felt so... Um, evolutionary to what Mario is. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's one thing that I, I, I would I would highlight about this game. I have a question, and I'm not seeking to mm. derail this, so fe- feel free to answer with a simple sure. yes or no, but this seems like the group to ask. Yes, go Does anybody go. know who Bowser Jr.'s mother is? It's gotta be Peach, right? <laughs> well, they, I, well, isn't that the whole plot does, of Doesn't Sunshine? Bowser lie to him and say it's Peach? Like it's, yes. It had in the past, yeah. Okay, so is there there's, a Bowser? No, there's no in-canon answer. I, I I don't think you want to hear it. Okay, we can leave it <laughs> well, at that a, then. It's, he's it's, a turtle, it's, right? It's Lemmy Koopa. It's well, that's the thing is is the, those they come out of eggs sometimes. You know, those, when you fight the the Koopa kids, you know, and so yeah. who knows? Mm. Who knows? It could have just been Bowser who, who would have just walked over and fertilized like like fertilized the egg. It could have been Bowser. It could have been oh, someone so else. Could have been Yoshi. Found some eggs and just went around and jizzed down them. Could have been Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi could have done some weird stuff. He eats the eggs well, and I mean, poops Bowser them Jr. is not Bowser's first kid. Like the, the Koopa ladies yeah. no. were around yeah, long right. ago, yeah. and nobody asked like, "Who's their mother?" Look, there's a beach somewhere in, mm-hmm. in the tropical area of the Mushroom Kingdom where mm-hmm. all of Bowser Jr.'s little brothers and sisters yep. that didn't make it to the ocean mm-hmm. but were eaten by other fish, yep. they're all mm-hmm. out there somewhere. And they're, they're, they're floating around like booze. Run over because they, they walked the wrong way to the beach. Yeah. They got picked off by Beaky Buzzard a while ago. Exactly. So yeah, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and I, I just, as a simple thing, um, in terms of gameplay, for, and I'm talking about Bowser's Fury specifically, uh, I think the Mario series has been... I don't want to say struggling, like it created the idea of video game lives, but those have been pretty irrelevant to Mario where like you yeah. either have like hundreds of them or they charge you five coins per life because it, it should be easy to die and keep starting up in a Mario game. But I, I really did like the idea of having the five power ups because that felt yeah. like a, a much better way to represent lives. Like I have these one hit your dead Mega Man powers in my arsenal, and I want to stack that arsenal to be to give me the best chance of succeeding yeah. through some of these harder areas. And it was just expanding on was that was it Galaxy that first started that? Like you could store the power up and just Mario you know, World. Use it, that was, it was uh, 3D World, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, no, you're going. I mean, you can technically take it back to Mario Three, I guess, but like, yeah, Mario, yeah, Mario World, yeah, with the, with yeah, the stored Mar- power up. Oh yeah, yeah so, you know, inventory powers in three, but then you could bring mul- multiple powers in a level with you in World. Did yeah, not do, want to do, get too pedantic about that. I the, doing the five engine at once here is looks awesome. like this. This is the, is this the same engine as 3D World? That it is looks, my guess. So. Otherwise, why would it? Why would it be so, here? Yeah. And, and, and well, it's cool too because we're we're getting. Uh, I, I like the idea of Mario kind of expanding his power set with allies. So he's got. You know, we already mentioned Bowser Jr. He follows you around. You can decide how much you want him to help you, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, so he can either do nothing, or he can go around collecting all your coins, beating all your enemies for you. And then you have Plessy, who is like your, uh, your your little dinosaur guy that you ride around on, mm-hmm. and he's he's adorable. And it's like it's it's cool that Mario's like expanding the roster a little bit and bringing in these kind of like uh, helper characters. Well, Plessy was in 3D World, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. And, and again, that game kind of got forgotten on the Wii U, so I'm glad yeah. it's getting a well it's, revival. It is interesting to me that so you know we've said on this show before that there are two types of Mario games. There's the 
adventure type that kind of springs from Mario 64. And then there's the more arcadey type, which, you know, springs from original Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario mm. Brothers 3. Uh, Bowser's Fury, you buy this game and it gives you both in one package. So you've, mm. you've got 3D World, which is very much that arcade style. And then Bowser's Fury, it's like, here's here's your Mario adventure for those of you who, who like this. Yeah, and Bowser's like- Fury even feels like a bridge, more of a bridge between the two than either of the 3D yeah. land or 3D mm-hmm. world. Because, like, you can... There were a couple times where, you know, you'd have a an objective at one of the islands and I would be like, uh, I don't know if I feel like doing this right now. You can hop back to one of the other ones and, you know, do something else or or adventure a little bit further. That um, never felt like you were locked into... Like, maybe if you're playing a, a 2D... One of the 2D Marios, you get to a stage and you're, you're having a really hard time with it. Um, especially in, like, the post-game stuff in 3D Land and 3D World. Those, those levels can get brutal. But um, the stuff here, it's like, I don't know, you always had a at least a few options available to you. And I really like that. It reminded me of in um, Mario 64 or something like that, where, um, you know, there are multiple stars you could go after. Um, yeah. So, and that was fun. I liked that. I liked having the choice to, oh, what do I feel like doing right now? I'm going to go, you know, hop, hop on these uh, Goombas and get this star. I'm going to do this weird shifty, like whatever that level was where the, it, it was always spinning. Uh, do you guys remember that one in in Bowser's Fury where it was like that big spinny one? I don't know. I, I never got the last the last uh, February, the last objective so long there. Ago. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played through like uh, I mean, th- this is a nice bite sized game too. You can play. I, I think I took it took me like three hours to roll credits. I mean, that's with wow, half okay. of the it took shines like collected. Ten hours. I was very slow. If you're if you're being oh. 100%, if you're hundred percenting it, it, it takes oh, it'll take long. much. That's oh, just yeah. with the fifty shines that you need to beat the game. Like you can roll credits oh. in three hours, and it allowed us to say shines in public again that was by the way who, who does the minimum number you need and then beats it you're a monster steve what hey, the I've, heck? Played that I, I've i've finished very few games this year so i, I don't know i can't i've never I've, in, again, in I, my I gaming never, career i've never done that i have a ton of friends who work in games i would never profess to tell them how to make it but this still was like why don't you do this more often like a 10 mm-hmm. hour experience for 30 bucks i'm i'm and not make me wait seven years in between new Mario, 3D Mario games. I'd be totally fine with that. Give me yeah. a prototype. Have a stinker in there. I'll Get be, a fun size. I'll be fine yeah. with that, too. Brendan, when uh, you say Mario- spinny levels, are you talking about, like, that that big, like, barrel-shaped tunnel where you have yeah. to, like, yeah, go with the oh, fucking yeah. ice skate and collect all the blue coins? Or yeah. Oh, exactly. gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was rough. Oh, that part was brutal. Uh, you know what this game kind of feels like to me, or this mini game, whatever you want to call it? It feels like... if. It feels like the days of Gunpai Yokoi, right? Like, this is, like, something he would have done. Like, and that was kind of the the guy who made the weird Nintendo games that you remember, like, all the weirdest mm-hmm. Nintendo things, but the most yeah, inventive so and imaginative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kid Icarus. Yeah, he was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he was... He did some really cool, like, level design. And, yeah, didn't he do... Well, I mean, I know he did the Game Boy. Did he have anything to do with Super Mario Land? Yes, that was his team that worked on That it. was his team. Okay, yeah, there's some DNA... Weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's some DNA here too, like between like six golden coins and stuff like that. You know, it's uh, in a different approach to it. So, yeah, it's got that same kind of effortless fun. Feels a bit similar. More of this, and because it's Nintendo, we know there won't be. They <laughs> yeah. behave like Mad Kings. Oh, did you like my game? 
everyone always does. <laughs> you can keep buying it in perpetuity. Yes. I'll let you know when the other one's out. Sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> Join the Nintendo Fun Club. <laughs> It'd be cool to see it from other Nintendo franchises, though, too. Like, yeah, if there, There's plenty of other things that could be re-released or HDified for the Switch or whatever comes after the Switch. Put more uh, cool prototypes on there. Let me see what Link's gonna do if you gave him a, I don't know, some weird gameplay or, mechanic. Or like what they did with Cadence sense. of Hyrule. It was kind of an expensive small game, but like... I yeah. love that game. That yeah, let, let yeah. A, a developer play in the world of usually something that's exclusively first-party domain of Nintendo. It, it just open yourself up a little True. bit. Yeah, to know. be fair, though, if you make anything a roguelike, I'm probably into it, so... Yeah. It, yeah. It's the one segment where we probably won't talk a bunch about Game Pass, but like... If Nintendo's You'll only find plan a way to combat anyways. that, <laughs> if Nintendo's only plan to combat that, they'll never join. If they if they join up in that camp, it'll be fucking decades from now. They're going to keep making sixty dollars games. Like you got to try one or the other. Like make a bunch of smaller, better, more frequently released games, uh, or include them all in one subscription. And yeah, I just I'd like to see them adapt in a way, whatever way felt best for them, because this was really fun. And and, yeah. and there's also a, a part of me that l- lets me believe we just saw a very polished look behind the curtain, which is also really interesting. Like, why can't we see more of that, too? I'm sure there's stuff being developed with Mario. I think you remember as 64 fans, there were, like, several Mario games they, like, announced that we never saw. And they, they, it turns yeah. out there was way more to those than they ever revealed. Like, I don't know, clean it up and, like, charge me 30 bucks for it. And I'll, I'll be happy that, for ten or five give hours. Give me that Mario so, 128 already. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. You can All tell right. him I took it from you. Well, <laughs> on that note, we've got lots more games to get into, so let's move on to... Number seven. Love the music in this game. Which game yeah, is so this? Good. Death's Door. Yes. I forgot how bomb the music in Death's Door was. <laughs> Very good. It, Chris is number so one. Cool. It is my number one, basically, because like if you don't know my gaming routine, I like most games that allow me to turn on a podcast and skip cutscenes. Whereas this, like the music was great. Yeah. Uh, the sound. It, it had great sound. I. It. it I, I. I don't have that critique of any other game in the top ten. Like, I really like the music. Who's joining us for this segment? I am George Albor. Uh, hey there. I've been on the show before, and I do the Experience Points podcast. And where can people find Experience Points? ExperiencePoints.net or wherever you find podcasts. You know the places. Nice. And? Hey, it's Tony Wilson from Framework. I've also been on the show a bunch. You're probably tired of hearing of me, but if you're not... <laughs> Uh, Framework, the YouTube uh, channel? <laughs> it is. Wow. And now I got a fun custom URL. So now you can do youtube.com slash C slash Framework video. And it takes you right there. A lot of cool videos. Videos about several games that are on your own game of the year list here on oh, VGA. I see. So, did, did a recent one on Mario Party, I believe? I did. Mario yeah. Party and board game design. Thank you both for joining us to talk about this game about psychopomp crows who go around <laughs> reaping souls from monsters in, in like you. a Hell combination yeah. of Zelda and Dark Souls. Like you yes, tell Michael if, to introduce me to new words every yes. time I'm here. Which <laughs> it's, a, it's as if Studio Ghibli created a 
Dark Soulsy tribute to Link to the Past. That's that's why I really love this. Game. I, I didn't I didn't realize this before, but I, I kind of looked up the developer Acid Nerve. But mm-hmm. first of all, two guys, by the way, and then they well, for this game they they hired some external talent to help them, but still like they did most of the work. Yeah. They, the their Titan previous Souls game guys. was Titan Souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah that makes. I think I saw the Acid Nerve open yep. for Drowning Pool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I pinched my Acid Nerve. I slept mm-hmm. a little wrong. Oh, no. Yikes! Uh, You've got a lot of I, Acid Nerve to say. Y- that are you going me. spoilers in this? Uh, game of the year podcast not heavy spoilers you can go light okay spoilers okay well i was gonna talk about the most heavy spoilers so i will nix that <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, we, we go like first second base spoilers on, on yeah no shows. this this is a grand slam like true ending okay. spoiler oh, but yeah. <laughs> only because you're mentioning like previous games so play titan souls as well it's also cool like i'm i can't and i can't wait to see what they do next but yeah, like, you know, Antista, you mentioned the the Ghibli design. And I, I, that, I think, first struck me when you fight the, like, uh, the Urn Witch. I think she's oh, yeah, God. That's the she, she scares you. Bosses. She yeah. scared me when I first saw her. Like, her design oh, yeah. is so kind of off-putting. And you're just like, whoa, mm-hmm. what is that thing on the screen? It's, it's yeah. really cool. But very Ghibli. Like, you look yeah, at that and you're a, like, oh, yeah. It's a yeah. throwback. Yeah. I still think it had some of the more satisfying combat of any game. Oh, yeah. Um, very very oh, like, simple combat too. Not a yeah. lot going on. There. Well, I mean, to, to your simplicity point, I mean, from the people that did Titan Souls, which was extremely simple and extremely elegant, it's just a follow up to that, right? Like they really cut a lot of the chat that you'd yeah. even get from something like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really just a roll. Titan Souls. Uh, your your your. I think you know light attack, heavy attack, right? And then the ranged, yep. and that's it. Like, yeah. And it's and it's isometric. So you, what's nice is you can. You can always see what's going on around you in the battlefield. You don't have yep. any of that, you know, Dark Souls kind of over my shoulder, always something and behind me. You gotta You're going to see everything. Learn perfect timing to parry and reflect shots mm-hmm. that come in. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the name of the game here is The Collection of Souls. And much like Titan Souls, like you're going after big bosses that have souls that you need to open Death's Door and hopefully reclaim the big soul that was stolen from you at the beginning of the game. And uh, when you when you do that, it sounds like this. You can hear him losing a life in there. <laughs> yeah, I also like that the take a hit sound effect that it, it like just it's like the the music just went underwater for a second or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I like too that it's the the fact that it's like a hit kind of base system for you as a as a protagonist is helpful too, you know, because like you know the Dark Souls comparison is is an easy one to make, right? And I'm sure we've all had those moments where it's like you get hit and it looks like you're dead because your health bar is like basically gone, and you're like, wait, how am I still alive? You know, Death Door, it's it's simplified. It's just you got a couple pips of health. You know, you can upgrade them if you find yeah. the the shrines or whatever they are. But it's it's really easy to keep track of what's going on and know how well you're doing. Yeah, just oh, yeah. A, a super yep. clean interface, despite yeah. like gaining powers and mul- and like multiple currencies. Mm. And yeah. to George's part too about like cutting out a lot of the chaff, I appreciated that it was not overly long. Like you got your yep. like three or four major areas, and that's that's all you need to do this story, and then you're out. You know, you, yeah. uh, you know, once you get the kind of end game stuff going on, and I appreciated the. I guess I would say the brevity of it. Like, if I remember correctly, I 100%ed it in two sittings. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I, I, you know, I one, mean, gr- one they influence... were long sittings, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, finding all those fire pots is a, a I little I think that much. was like six, seven hours, something like that. But, one yeah. influence we didn't mention is the stuff between those areas. You have this, like, 
uh, afterlife. It's like a bureaucracy you go back to that, yeah. that almost to me yeah. felt very Grim Fandango or even Hades. It's like yeah, this, yeah. this, mm-hmm. this almost like there's a noir influence yeah. in there. Like when you're in that, well, that it's, space. it's like it's, all grayscale, lots of stark blacks and whites and, yeah. uh, typewriters for some reason, which you can hear in this clip. <laughs> Somehow the afterlife is just a bureaucracy of crows. And, and <laughs> I, I like I would yeah. <laughs> the mundanity of it. Like just at the beginning of the game, I'd forgotten about it until I went back and like watched someone's playthrough. That like you pull up in a bus, and you, like you just take the bus <laughs> to work. <laughs> you get out. It's an office building. You walk in. Like oh yeah, go claim this soul. Here's your sword. Uh, <laughs> and now you're a fantasy adventurer. I, I love the way that the that mundanity in those in-between scenes sort of juxtaposes against not just the like high action and the fun colorful different worlds that you're in but the story itself is actually quite melancholy it's it's very mm-hmm. sad like a lot of the bosses they just they don't want to die or they don't want to go mad and it's just once you, you know, finally meet them you start feeling bad for them right yeah, before yeah. you told you yeah i mean shit out of them. and, and except one of, for that yeti that yeti, for the is, yeti. A, <laughs> is a dick and that i yeti, was happy yeah. to win that fight he can go straight to hell where he belongs. I, I don't. I don't want to spoil one of the, the the more iconic fights, but there's a character that you meet early on that you end up fighting, and mm. it's not the most challenging fight. It's not even the most visually interesting fight, but the tone and the sadness that is imbued in that scene is just so effective. If we're th- if we're thinking about the same fight, I actually think it is the most striking visually. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Just because it's such a it's so minimalist compared to everything else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I. I know what you're talking about. I'm just, I just want to point that out. I'm, I'm just thinking about like the, the the very first boss fight is against somebody who's like, well, she's vastly outlived her natural lifespan. And it's like, yeah, but she, number one, she doesn't want to die, which is very relatable for it. Nobody wants to die. And nobody's just like, oh, well, it's my time. It's time to go. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. And she wants to stick around to protect her family. Yeah. Which you know that's that's also admirable. So it, it, there is a sadness in taking on these these beings, and when and it's accentuated by the fact that after you beat them, you usually get like a funeral scene, where there's this character yeah. who has like a, <laughs> yeah. a gravestone tied to its head, and will show up and like give a little eulogy, and yeah, it's it's like I don't feel like how I've do you, done a great thing. By how, do you not, how do you guys not like this more? Come on, Michael's talking so eloquently about it. I'm forgetting the details oh, of what. It's it's an excellent game, but it you know if we're going, it's you know it's number seven for the podcast here. Personally, it's it's ten oh, on my list just because there was barely got there. It's number ten on my list just because there's just there's just so much. In there's a whole Patreon show on how that happened, and a lot of bribery and cajoling <laughs> yeah. had to occur. <laughs> Listen, Titan Souls was made by just two people. And it's a 50-50 split of the bribe that, you know, they were giving. So, you know. Right, right, yeah. yeah no, there's, there's, I, I there's some good games. That, there's a lot of good games that had to go above it on the list, but it doesn't mean it's not a good game. Like, yeah. this is an excellent It's, it's game. still, we're saying this is one of the ten best games made there's this another, year. There's another game on this list that constantly made me feel stupid. But mm. the nature of these puzzles and how familiar you get with the environment, I only had to look into help once. Or death's right. door because I only puzzle- felt stupid a few times. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, yeah. The, the only complaint I ever saw about this game, a few people had it, was sometimes it could be more clear about where you need to go next. Just the yeah. environments yeah. don't, don't the doors. I didn't, I didn't know at one point it was reliant on a power I didn't know I could do. That it mm. never told me I could do this, and I needed to do this to access a certain area. 
and uh, or maybe I just missed it. But the game is like that lo-fi and subtle. Like it's, I, I had such a great vibe with this game, cranking it up all the way. It's like the only time I played video games during the day was with this game. I loved grinding in it and unlocking everything. Yeah, I, Tony, I don't know if I made a hundred percent. I definitely didn't do all the fire shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I got close because like I got real stuck and had to wander the whole area again. I, I want to give, I also just want to give one shout out to the best, my, my favorite NPC in the game, which is that bartender where there's a, a, a squid has like yeah. sucked over his head and is taking <laughs> yeah. control of the bartender. And the whole time it's just like, Hey, it's me, a human bartender. Guys. Would you like a drink? Yeah. What's in that normal human drink? Do you go ahead and tell me the ingredients? I will make that right now. <laughs> How much would that cost on a yes. normal day? Sh- shades yeah. of Jackie Daytona there. Yeah. I love the uh, I love the King of the Swamp frog boss who just would just pop up and talk shit to you the entire oh, time yeah. you're in his little world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are just such the great levels, great design, great puzzles, great music, uh, great combat. I I know it doesn't look like something that would end up on a lot of best of the year lists, but it, it, I don't know. It's a hard sell. I, I I was looking at a trailer just before this and like I I know this might not read game of the year, but. Uh, in terms of the flow of a game uh, and just being charming, I fucking loved it. Man. It also I mean, completely it came might... out of nowhere, like which yeah. I yeah. think kind of oh, helps. Yeah. It's, it was just like we all just yeah, were like it, hearing it hit, things about this game and like, what is this game? It hit we... Xbox first, but wasn't yeah. on Game Pass, right? And, and, and it didn't come to PlayStation until several to, months later, until like yeah. just a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Came to PlayStation. yeah really? Wow. Yeah, you know, I. I don't want to be like cliche, and especially since this this can apply to nine out of the ten games that are going to be talked about on this podcast. But like, mm-hmm. you know, to your point there, Chris, maybe it's not capital G game of the year, but it is certainly a game of the year. You yeah, know, yes. like it is a great release from this year <laughs> that is worth playing. For me, it's my number one. I swear, I I, I, I had the best time with this game, and I can't wait in like two three years to play it again. I thought it was yeah, amazing. I can't wait for the sequel. We'll have a uh, Jim Morrison singing along the whole time. I hope it gets a direct sequel, you know? I mean, because I know that this, well, I won't spoil things, but I hope it gets yeah. a direct sequel. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, we're probably thinking the same thing there. The thing I didn't yeah. want to spoil earlier. <laughs> yeah, and a decent story, too, and I'm not a big dude on story um, for most games, but there's there's something about this dead and dying world that is just... <laughs> I don't know. I want to visit a theme park like this. I think, I think it tells and... stories the way you like, Chris, which is like it's not 20-minute cinematics. It's just yeah. like a few lines of text, mm-hmm. and then you do a, You're a Dewey video game person. You like to do yeah, stuff. Man. Well, I think <laughs> uh, character is typically more important than plot. So uh, mm. if, you, if if a character has a personality trait or a goal, it'll tell you a lot. It can tell you a lot about the world that a narration or crawl doesn't really need to do, and that's what mm-hmm. this game sort of does. Yeah. You get a really good sense of what's going on in this universe or what's what's not going on anymore just from hearing getting to know the personalities of the people you're about to kill (laughs) yep play this game it's only 20 bucks i believe yeah and it's fantastic it's again as as much as chris likes to act like we're shitting on this michael hates it (laughs) man called it worse than hitler more like death snore (laughs) am i right Yeah, that's why we put it on our. I bet the door is spelled B O R E D. Sorry, that's not going to (laughs) work. Anyway, um, let's move along to number six. That's it. Where's the joy? The bliss? The murderous enlightenment? Why don't I feel any different? 
because you equated happiness with success. And now that you've achieved it, life is meaningless. What could you possibly know about success, you... That's it. I haven't really won yet. There are still so many other dimensions waiting to be conquered. Oh, this is what villain in what game? And did you pull that first bit from my last therapy session? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yes, and that is uh, Emperor Nefarious and Doctor Nefarious. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the, this yes, is this right. is all about multiple universes colliding in different dimensions, and uh, it's pretty awesome. And if you have a PlayStation Five and you're looking for like a no. showpiece game, yes, you do. Liar. Under the wire. A lot of people don't, I guess. Yeah, that's true. true. If you're lucky enough to have a PS5 and you want want a showcase game to like really show what the system is capable of. Then play Astros. (laughs) Yes, also play Astros, but play this too. (laughs) Number one game, Cody. Sorry. This is the the one after, after Astros. Like, yeah, this is... This is what I would call the most expensive looking game on our list this year. Like this game, mm, when you really? play it, you're like, this is production quality, the game. Mm. You know, it's, uh, by the oh, way, yeah. that music, Mark Mothersbaugh. Really? Was doing, yes. Did the music yeah. for yep. this game. Yeah. Of Royal Tenenbaum's fame? Of Devo plus. fame as yeah. well, yeah. I know. <laughs> are we not men? No, we're Devo. We're Devo. Ratchet good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is good. This, like, is, this is really how good, game. Ga- good this game looks. Um, so I remember, like when the PS4 Ratchet and Clank came out, and it was just mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, this looks like a Pixar movie. This looks amazing." And like I, you know, I, I never got very far in it, but like I thought it looked incredible. And then after playing through most of this, I was like, "I should go give that another shot." And I jumped in, and it's just like, "This looks like ass." I can't stand wow. how bad this looks now after uh, yeah, playing I'm, through I'm, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'm currently cycling between generations, so I was a little curious and not noticing a lot of detail and even a lot of exclusives. Like, I don't, with Deathloop, for instance, like, I don't really see why this couldn't be on PS4. But no, I, I think I played the 2016 game right before this one. Like, I finished it. I, I, I gotten halfway through that one and I never finished. And I'm like, I'm going to finish it leading into this. And like, yeah, luckily I didn't have to go in reverse. The 2016 game at the time looked amazing. And then you play this thing and you're like, oh my God, this is, it's cliche, but like, this is like playing a Pixar movie. But this yeah. time it, it really is like playing a Pixar yeah. movie. Like, this had the, this had that feeling that like FF7 remake game where gave me at least where what you're playing it and what you're seeing now on your screen <laughs> is how you always remembered it looking. Yeah. But it definitely, like to what Chris just said too, like I, I did a video on this game and I have a little bit of footage from the older games in that video. And like, yeah, they, <laughs> they do not look, I they look so much worse than what I remembered. You know, granted it was, you know, around 20 years ago and obviously things have progressed since, but you know, yeah, just by, just by contrast there, it is a gorgeous looking game. Yep. All the all the like particle effects that happen with with your weapons and like the crystals in the environment. There's like so many explosions and 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 little bullets and beams and fire and like all these just amazing things always happening and just it's splashing all over your screen. It's it's yeah. it's so I, exciting. Well, it even it even at. sounds great. Right. 
just mostly about the bolts at the end. I mean, at its core, this is a Ratchet and Clank game, and so those games are all about, like, the creative weapons, and the mm-hmm. weapons in this game, very fun, very, yeah. very fun to use. The only kind of new gameplay mechanic this one did bring along was that rift mechanic, which, frankly, I was a little bummed. I, I was hoping they would use it more, like, in the game, it mostly functions as, like, hey, you can warp behind these enemies and take cover, or... It's where the hidden areas are. You'll find a rift yeah. and be like, oh, I can find some treasure. But I sometimes it feels a bit Bioshock Infinite or it's just like, oh, you promised me the ability to manipulate dimensions. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there's like a ghost of a cannon over there that I can make come into existence. You, you promised me I could go see Revenge yeah. of the Jedi. Well, but I mean, when you when you it's a conceit to get you into different environments. Yeah. And when you are in each of those environments, yeah, yeah. they do feel genuinely interesting. Like the first time. You you uh, take a rift into the dimension that's like an exploded planet and gravity is on both ends and like you have to think three dimensionally. That's super rad and and I absolutely did not see a lot of those different environments coming when you're you know first playing the game. Yeah, and you, you have to think four dimensionally of... in that one because there's a ti- it's a time puzzle as well, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. that level yeah. you're talking about where you you like have to the, go, oh, okay if mm-hmm. I go forward in time this will be there or whatever you know. Yeah, I mean that's kind of at the end of the day they're both both that time mechanic and that one level. And then the, the the riffs are basically they're just ways to showcase the PS5's like instant or like you know brief load times you know like that's yeah, really just yeah. that's what they're for and they do it well and like tactically yeah it's cool in combat but like it's also just neat to think about like visually it's not so much that you're pulling yourself through the rift to a point it's mm-hmm. that you are pulling the entire world around you yeah. to where you're yes, presently yeah. and standing, that's really you know? striking to see yeah a uh, monkey ball distinction I see. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I can't find any like big faults in this game. My only the only reason it's not higher for my for me on my personal list is just like it's excellent while you're playing it. But kind of once it's over, like I know the Ratchet and Clank games are like, yeah, play New Game Plus and we'll maybe give you one or two new weapons or something. But like I never felt the need to go back to this game. It, it's a pretty mm-hmm. I think I think overall the campaign's a fifteen to twenty hour experience. Like it, it's a it's a chunky campaign, but like yeah, for me I was just like. I wanted just a little bit more reason to get back in there and play through well, it. But while I, you know, while I, I bro, bro, I found a pretty big fault in the game, and it's that this this game undermines my masculinity by making me play as a girl. Oh no! <laughs> then this dimensionator was stolen by Doctor Nefarious, who used it to bring you here. Now you just have to find your friend, who is also miraculously a lombax, to save the day and get home. <laughs> you must seriously think I'm an idiot. Rivet is a really, really cool character. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in yeah. All seriousness. yeah. I like Rivet a lot, and I like Kit a lot too. The the uh, counterpart to Clank. I thought yeah. Kit's story was like awesome, and uh, Deborah Wilson is the voice there. And I just think that just the way she plays that character, I, I think, is like one of the best performances of the year. Honestly, yeah. like it was yeah. really yeah. touching. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a couple of moments with Kit that are genuinely like an emotional surprise. Like it's I touching. was getting yeah. choked up, at, like, well, and like, and and yeah. to that sense, like, it, you know, people talk about the animation quality being what's driving the fact that, and comparing it to like a Pixar uh, film or something. But so much of it is the story, so much of it is the voice acting, and it really mm-hmm. it carries a lot of this, a lot of this game. Well, yeah. to Chris's point, like characterization can be more important than plot, you know, and this game is proof of that. It's like, yeah, you grow attached to Kit and Rivet and that's why you care. Like the, the stuff happening and the dimensions and, and, you know, oh, okay, Dr. Nefarious and Emperor Nefarious, whatever, right? But you care about the, these main characters and same thing, like part of the Ratchet and Clank game's charm has always been like, 
Ratchet and Clank are charming leads that you actually grow yeah. to like. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Clank's adorable. Ratchet is like this everyman hero that everyone was like, yeah, I want to be like him. He's positive. He, you know, he's not like a heroic dude, like he's super muscular or anything like that, but he gets, gets the job done and he, you know, has good attitude about it. And I, I if anything, that. the games skewer that idea because they've had Captain Quark, <laughs> yeah. who, who is, yeah. who is that kind of character where he's like, yeah, I'm a hero. What's up? And then, you know, very much isn't. isn't <laughs> very, yeah. Very much proves not. I'm a hero. Yeah. I take bribes and betray yeah. other heroes. Yeah. Like, like a real hero does. Yeah. Now, I had never. question. Okay. If it's so, we got Doctor and Emperor Nefarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, are we referring to them as the Nefariouses, the Neferi, or is it a Greek root and they're the Neferides? Because and, uh, well, yeah, Neferos. <laughs> I like that. Nefaros. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, technically, they're the same person, just different dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's yeah, Emperor well, Nefarious. Actually, is... if we're going with multiverse theory, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Emperor Nefarious is like what would have happened if Dr. Nefarious had gotten like tonsil surgery. <laughs> it's got such a, a much more pleasant voice to listen to. Yeah. 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 One of the things I was, I was even more surprised by was the enjoyability of the mini games in Ratchet and Clank. I've never played mm-hmm. a Ratchet and Clank game before this one. I assume that they're oh, really? full of like little mini games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, like the, the voice acting and the character and the puzzles when you're hacking into something as a little yeah. sort of mm. virus spider butt, every single oh, one yeah. of those was charming. Like, I really enjoyed that. And it's it's a rarity, I think, for games like this to feel like I, I'm, I think every time you're jumping into a little minigame like that, it's a treat. Yeah, and that that's the challenge with stuff like this, like minigames that you have to get to, through for the sake of the plot. But like, oh, God, I got to do this again. But like, no, it's, it's a, a pleasure to play through every single time. Like, those levels are lots of fun to navigate. Uh, the character is lots of fun to listen to. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic little detour from the main action. Yeah, I I also think for the for going back to the weapons real quick, and I'm sure this is a, a a mainstay of the Ratchet and Clank series, but there are a lot of games that claim to say, you know, pick your playstyle, any weapon, every weapon is equal. It's super great. Like you can combine and swap weapons and. I think in actuality, it's very rare that that is true to the degree that it is true in Ratchet and Clank. I, I think it's a genuine achievement that no matter what weapon you use, swapping them out feels different, different styles, but they match sort of similar roles within your arsenal. And yeah, I, like it's a huge accomplishment. It, it's that thing where I, a lot of games do this and I love it, where they'll take like, okay, this is at its core a sniper rifle, but we're going to dress it up. We're going to give it a fun name and give it kind of like a little perk. You know, yeah. and by the way, if you want a deeper dive on that, you can go to Framework on YouTube because that was the subject of the video. But, anyways, <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, like like the weapons, they are so much fun, and I love that they level up and like yep. they get new new perks when they level up, and the name changes with that, which is neat. Yeah. I think one of my favorites is the the uh, the peacekeeper uh, becomes the warmonger. Or, like, like I just love the way they, like, play yeah. with the right. names like that. What, what, it's so what, much what happened to the mushroom? Like, the, eventually the, the mushroom companion becomes – there's a couple. It's like Mrs. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah you get Mr. Fungi, and then yeah. it becomes Mr. and Mrs. Fungi, and they fight together. Yeah. I fully power them, and they're awesome. Like, most most games that have a weapon that's like, oh, this this is secondary character that's going to shoot with you. Like, they don't do much damage. Like, no, Mr. Fungi dominates the battlefield yeah. when he's and awesome. to that point, too, like – there's, I think, three or four kind of support-type weapons like that. And, you know, to the point about, like, showing off the PS size power and having all this stuff going on at the time, there are moments where I literally threw out, and you can only have one of the mushrooms out at once, but 
there's like the glove of doom that summons little chomper guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, if you, yeah. Th- you can throw all those at once, and then you've just got a hundred little minions running. They'll burn around down. Oh, the other thing is like and the um the the thing that sends the sprinkler that turns them into I plants. Use that all the, the topiary oh, yeah. that, yeah. that works yeah. on bosses. Like th- yeah. it's very mm-hmm. rare for those type of weapons to work on boss. And it's like no, every yeah. boss will turn into a plant, yeah. and then you just light I, it yeah. on I fire. Use that, yeah. And I use like there's there's a gun that uh, turns. It might have been like a pre order bonus that like. You shoot enemies with it, and it turns them into, like, 8-bit versions of themselves. Yeah, the pixelator. Pixelator, yeah. 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 And yeah. eventually, like, they just break down into cubes. Yeah. That, that yeah. had been in a... Pre- I think that it was in the 2016 yeah. game. As yeah, well. you, you can get that and the bouncer in New Game Plus, but they are the, the pre-order ones, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's to, to George's point about how every weapon is viable for every situation, like... Yeah. yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know about y'all, but... Yeah, I have my favorites, but I tend to run out of ammo pretty quickly in that game because you're just dumping clips and everything, so you're swapping yeah. all the time. I, th- I think they do that intentionally so that you have to swap, yeah. and, it, and it's they make it very easy to swap, even though like it pulls up a menu every time. That's a little eh, you know. But it's like yeah, you can you know it's just right. a, a wheel, right? And you yeah. just kind of select. Like, but even okay, even something here. in Halo, like, I don't think Halo is as effective in that, and that forces you to swap your weapons due to ammo restrictions. Yeah. Also, right? Oh, yeah. Like Ratchet oh, and Clank yeah. <laughs> surpasses Halo in that regard. The combat because in Ratchet and Clank games are is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I think the difference is that you have all weapons available to you at all times, provided you have mm-hmm. the ammo with yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. yeah, and and often you will need to swap between them because, like, if you're anything like me, you will run out of ammo constantly for the different guns. And it's like it forces you, like, okay, what what else have I got? Do I have anything that has any ammo? Yeah. Okay, this thing that I never yeah. use, go. Yeah. Uh, but, and if not, the the melee swinging around your actual oh, tools so and enemies fun. works just as fun too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely worth upgrading as well. Yeah, the, the but, wrench. But that's that's like something Insomniac just has excelled at. Like that's always yeah. been in their DNA. Like I don't know. I I know nobody played like Resistance: Fall of Man that series, but that was very much like, what if Ratchet and Clank was a serious like sci-fi World War II shooter? It even carried over into Spider-Man. Like, remember how many powers you unlocked yeah, by the yeah. end of Spider-Man? And you were constantly juggling, like, okay, I'm going to do this web grenade, and then this thing that'll stick an enemy over here. And it's like, yeah, their their yeah. thing is mm-hmm. gadgetry. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, even even you know, even less even less played than Resistance Fall of Man. Is <laughs> remember that game Fuse? Yes. <laughs> oh boy! Like, <laughs> no, and, and this, I don't want to. Say- it was the same thing there. Everybody had like the the like orange gel weapons that had like special powers or whatever. Yep. So anyway, Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, and going back to your criticism, I, I really like that this game is one and done. Like, I don't want to have to go back to it. And I actually think Insomniac yeah. excels at that as well. Like, all the Spider-Man games, I mean, I will go back to those because I just want to swing around New York. But every yeah. single one of their games, I think, has been this just wonderfully one delightful little package. And, mm-hmm. and when you're through, you're through. And that's I, totally I wouldn't mind a DLC for this, though. I would love, like, another yeah. three or four hour uh, mini Yeah, campaign. a na- narrative-based one or something. Yeah, I'm sure. Yep, yeah. yeah. I mean, Not I don't know if we may rooms. get it. I mean, the game, like, you know, the whole, one of the overarching things with all these games is, is Ratchet being the last of his kind. And, you know, this game, like, gets you a little closer to maybe finding others, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, whether that's a full-on game or we get some DLC featuring that stuff to bridge into the, into the next game. Yeah, yeah, like, it's certainly, there's certainly more coming. Like, they're not done. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see more of the other, the other characters because, like, th- that's another thing that it does really well is like if you're a longtime fan of the series it brings in like all these characters that are like alternate universe versions of mm-hmm. existing characters like yeah. Rusty Pete becomes Pierre Lafaire pirate extraordinaire <laughs> yeah. and uh, he's you know and, and it, it's cool to see that like just the same characters but reimagined in different ways like how did this universe reshape these people right totally. oh man i love this game but not enough for it to crack our top 5
Well, there it was, the first five of our top 10 games of 2021. What will be number five through one? It's a mystery. Five through one, baby. But we have something to tide you over in the meantime, which is our question of the week. What is your personal game of 2021? And also, like, let's continue the question of the week from last week. What is your DLC of 2021? None of us will answer that here. But we will now turn to our distinguished panel of guests. Guests, what is your game of the year for 2021? Anthony Abbott, go. Once again, I'm Anthony Abbott, and my personal game of the year for 2021 is Halo Infinite. As a longtime Halo fan, I feel like this is the first time that a 343 Halo game has kind of brought back what I liked gameplay-wise about the older Halo games, like as in the way it actually feels to play these games. Uh, and I mean, both in campaign and multiplayer, the the new weapons and new tools that 343 has added to this game are really fun to mess with, really fun to play with. Everything that's, you know, core like Halo gameplay with some of these new tools. It's just such a fun experience all around. Uh, the multiplayer in this game, it's the most fun I've had with multiplayer in a Halo game since the Bungie game, since reaching like Halo 3. The previous first two 343 games, I played the campaign and didn't really feel like I wanted to play multiplayer very much at all. And Halo Infinite, I've probably played more multiplayer in this game already than I've played in uh, Halo 4 or 5 combined. I think Halo Infinite is just a great addition to the franchise. I can't wait to see what 343 adds to it. And if you have not played it, and if you have Game Pass, you need to check it out. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Brady. Also, uh, talk to me on Twitter, at Brady. Thanks to the VGA crew for letting me be a part of the 2021 Game Beer discussion. All right, thank you. John Brandon, what is your personal game of the year for 2021? Oh, geez. Now I got to think about it. Uh, what came out this year? Uh, Returnal? Well, Everybody else has been saying Returnal. That one didn't uh, make have, it on I our list. Have a P- I don't have a PS5. <laughs> what are Fair you talking enough. about? I don't know. There must be something I really liked. I finished Cry- uh, Crisis, but that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> no, Crisis does not count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, Psychonauts 2. It's uh, beautiful. There you go. Oh, you now you're talking. There. Yeah, great voice acting, a lot of fun. And uh, for plugs, uh, you can listen to the Squares podcast. It's on all the services. And also, if you want to uh, support stuff that I work on for my day job, you can watch Hypnotic on Netflix, a psychosexual thriller. And Ooh. Under Wraps on the Disney Channel. It's actually really fun. I mean, let your kids watch that one. It's, it's, it's uh, really good. And of course, Harry and Meghan escaping the palace. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right well thank you so much for joining us brendan hess what is your personal game of the year for 2021 uh, it's been a couple months since it happened and i i have some a more nuanced opinion of this game than i did when it first announced but i think by default metroid is my favorite franchise altogether so metroid dread it kind of just wins because of what that game represents for the franchise and nintendo as a whole i hope it does really well i am just ecstatic that 2d metroid came back i had a lot of fun with it i think it's the best controlling metroid out there i might have different preferences about the way world design works and exploration and letting me get lost a little bit more than that game does but uh, at the end of the day metroid dread is a really impressive technical achievement and i just can't think of any other game that 
spoke to me like that one did this year. And in terms of plugs, you can follow me at Brendan underscore LH on Twitter. And uh, there you'll find all my writing, like I said, on GameSpot, Popular Science, Digital Trends, Lifehacker, tons of other places. Um, as well as games that I make, I, I make tabletop games. I'm working on a first-person dungeon crawler. So yeah, check it out there. And then there's PND. We are um, sadly, but also bittersweetly, entering the the final stages of that of that show. We have a few more episodes before we completely close it out. It's been about ten years, but wow. uh, you know, subscribe, check that out. I, I promise. We're going to close it out with a bang. I'm really excited for what we have planned. But, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Steve Guntley. Oh, man, it's it's a tough call. Coin flip. I'm going to have to go with Resident Evil Village. Uh, Village was... Uh, I, I, I think it just kind of combines all of the best elements of the different eras of Resident Evil. I think you've got the horror of the first couple of games. You've got the controls and the action of 4. You've got the uh, first-person style of 7. And... There's a there's a knowing kind of sense of humor to the entire thing too, while still being scary. It, it's kind of like Resident Evil Monster Mash, and I'm uh, I'm really here for that new direction for the series. I had a great time with it. If if you don't mind me asking, what was on the other side of that coin, Steve? Psychonauts Two was on the other side of that okay, coin. Those okay. are those are the two games I spent the most time with this year. And Woody Siskowski, what's your game of the year? Uh, my game of the year is a slight cheat because it was the same game of the year I had in 2005. <laughs> um, Resident Evil VR for uh, oh, wow. Oculus wow. Quest 2. Uh, Resident Evil 4 VR, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I Resident Evil 4 is a game I remember getting when it came out and absolutely, you know, exploding my mind with just how good it was. But I found it difficult to go back to because I was so used to all the tricks that it threw at me that I'm like, yeah, it's the minecart level. You just blast all these guys. It just got very easy. And to see it in this whole totally new perspective, even though, you know, the graphics show their age when you get right up close and look out over a vast vista of gray pixels, um, <laughs> being in those All environments... All of this will be yours one day, yeah, son. Sorry. Exactly. Um, being in that environment and experiencing a game that I love in a whole new way has been awesome. And what it also does, and this is kind of, this is sort of a sideswipe compliment... But uh, I can't play VR for that long. I can do maybe an hour in a session. So it really feels like I'm getting my money out of this game that was, you know, a $40 re-release of a 16-year-old game. But, man, I like that game. We we are uh, we are the hosts of We Universe, uh, and you can find that pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear... In that show, we're going through every single Wii U game. We also already recorded Ultra 64, where we played every single Nintendo 64 game, all 297 episodes. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra64pod, where we have uh, 120 episodes of bonus content and counting, yeah. like every single so, week. Our program on that is called Ultra 64 DD, and basically we play deep dive. We play uh, every game in a given franchise. So we've actually played the Metroid Metroid series. We did Contra. We're just finishing up on uh, Batman. So oh, cool. a lot, a lot of good ones in there. And uh, officially, our our poll just closed today, and our next series is going to be Mortal Kombat. So we're going to be playing every single Ooh, Mortal Kombat nice. game coming up here in a week or two. Even Mythology uh, Sub Zero, oh, especially yeah. Mythology <laughs> Sub Zero. 
whole episode on that one. Godspeed, gentlemen. <laughs> it would be our second episode on that game. Oh, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. There's right. so much to say. George Albor, what is yes. your personal game of the year? For I'm going to be honest. I'm still trying to decide that up to the very last minute. I'm like a kid in class that like did not prepare his homework in advance or <laughs> has not decided like which project to do. So I'm going to name a game that I don't think many people have played this year that, that makes high on my list and is in one of the conversations. And that's a, a little indie game called Before Your Eyes. Hmm. Have any of you heard hmm. about this game? No. I only know of it because a, a former co-worker, I don't remember if it was former co-worker, somebody over at GameSpot included it in like the... Uh, oh no, it was in their top 10. Yeah, it, it is in their top 10 over there. And to be honest, I hadn't heard of it until I looked at that list. Right. So this is a game that you control almost entirely by blinking your eyes. It uses a web camera to watch your behavior. Uh, and whenever you blink your eye, the game will progress in time. And it's a story about... Oh, wait, I have heard of this. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of it because the story itself is the fundamental reason you would play this game. But it's basically about the decisions you make in life, the moments that matter to you, how you stay with it, you know, how you think back on your life in your dying days. Um, and the mechanic of blinking is fundamental to it because there are moments in your life that you want to sit there and cherish, but you cannot, by definition, stay with it because that's just not what life is about. Um, and every time you blink, you move on and, and things are lost and you forget things. And it's an extremely touching, really evocative game with a new mechanic uh, that I've never seen before and I thought was very, very cool and is well worth everyone's attention. So that is before your eyes. And it's like 10 bucks on Steam. And if you want to hear more of me, uh, Experience Points is the podcast. You can find me wherever podcasts are. We're talking about, uh, we have a Gamies Award. We do our own fake game uh, of the year categories like uh, Best Waifu slash Husbandu of the year and fun stuff like that. So (laughs) that'll be coming out in a couple weeks. So give that a listen. (laughs) Nice. And Tony Wilson. Hey, um, my personal game of the year for a long time was Loop Hero, but it was unseated by Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts, the original, is a beautiful game. It's so imaginative, so well-made. One of my uh, my favorite part of game design uh, is level design. I just think it's really cool, you know, the way scenarios and things are laid and, and the way platforms are built. And, you know, that can be visually cool. It can have some cool kind of platforming puzzles to it. But then Psychonauts games take it a step further by having the actual design of the levels reflect the the desires and the mental state of the person, you know, whose mind you're in. And and that just leads to some just brilliant narrative uh, stuff. Um, I know, you know, Matt and I gushed about it when I was on this podcast uh, over the summer, you know, right around when the game had come out. Um, for this to come out, I think it's 16 years later, and still nail all of those same vibes and be... Just, just another just wonderful story about uh, mental well-being and self-care and just tell so many beautiful stories of like uh, like the, 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 the Bob's Bottles level, you know, being based on like alcoholism and like a mm. lot of the loss he dealt with with like his partner being gone and stuff. I just thought was was just just beautiful the way it was told and just beautifully tragic and, and triumphant by the end. Um, and the the sense level, the sort of Woodstock acid trip level, level D has just it straight up become my favorite of the whole series. I just think it was so visually just stunning. Like I was t- actually taken aback when I first jumped into that level. Like I I had to just sit there for a moment and just kind of spin the camera around and be like, I can't believe this is a thing I'm playing because it is just this is. 
this is what like this is what my level in the game would look like almost you know what i mean like it's, this yeah. is this it's is, an interactive like, psychedelia po- it's an interactive yeah. yellow submarine yeah. cover and, right it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's as a, as a musician myself like it it was like i was like whoa this is was this made for me like it was it was awesome uh and so truly that 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 became my game of the year just cuz it it hit all the right notes it's it's a wonderful game no pun intended Ah. psychedelia music level <laughs> and you know if you've been listening to these these uh part these two-part podcasts here you've already heard me plug it but um uh i do video essays on a channel called framework uh youtube.com slash channel slash framework video uh i've got a video on the original psychonauts game i got videos on a lot of the games that were talked about over these game of the year podcasts so give it a look if you're tired of hearing my voice sorry because uh, that's what you're going to hear over there all right well thank you all for for joining us this has been a lot of fun yeah oh, always a pleasure thank you guys and that's it if you want to answer the question of the week go to videogameapocalypse.com check under the comments for episode well really episode 450 or 451 you can answer there or you can go to the official laser time community on facebook there'll be a thread there you can answer or ping us on twitter at vg apocalypse anyway let's go out with some plugs what do we got to promote guys patreon.com slash laser time you can hear me and chris baker talking spider-man spider-man no way home mega spoiler warning but uh chris baker's most knowledgeable person i know about spider-man and that movie kind of floored me and i can't wait for you to hear that episode nice and then yeah about uh so after next week uh because we don't want to obviously reveal the order before you listen to the five through one entries. You will find the bonus Patreon exclusive, the ordering show where we talk about how we arrived at the order we did for the game of the year, 2021. That is patreon.com slash laser time, five bucks a month. That's all we ask. Come on. That's like, with inflation, that is literally a cup of coffee nowadays. So there you go. And I hope you enjoyed my Halo ruse. And if you had a friend who was tricked by it, please let me know. <laughs> that was, that was... Please send a photo of their reaction, too. Yeah. <laughs> These fucking Halo haters every time! <laughs> and also, if you just want to yell at us for not including Returnal in the list so far, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. We, we will allow it. Uh, you can do that at all the various places. Michael, where can they do that? Where can they hear from us? Uh, Patreon.com uh, slash laser time for six bucks. That's the only way you can scream at us about <laughs> the Eternal. The only way. Certainly not at VG Apocalypse on Twitter, or in the comments for episode 451 on com. Also, since this is coming out on December 24th, enjoy opening your early presents on Christmas Eve, those of you who celebrate it. Did you guys do that, or was it just my family? Uh, it wasn't us. There was no early present opening. You never, you never uh, got, like, you can open one present on Christmas that, Eve. That's the I Allen think- family tradition, is the one on Christmas Eve, the rest on Christmas Day morning. So, Fantastic. Never. Well, all the rest of you, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. There, I said it, I'm a wild rebel, etc. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with our top five. We did it. We won the war on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that, <all right>. Yes. <laughs> Keep recording.